find out what's inside that church. From producer J.J. Abrams, critics are calling Overlord a thrilling combination of action and horror. And now it's 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Overlord, rated R, in theaters and IMAX November 9th, directed by Julia Savory. Hey, podcast listeners, this is your humble host, Michael Smalley, and I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. Are you the one in your marriage with the highest sex drive? Well, you might not be aware of some things you're actually doing to sabotage your high desire for sexual intimacy with your spouse. But do not be afraid, my friends, because today we have Dr. Corey Allen on the show to help those who have a high desire for sex but maybe often find themselves wishing they were having more sex. Welcome to Smalley Marriage Radio. I am your host, Michael Smalley, along with my co-host... Seth Johnson. And via Skype, Dr. Corey Allen. How are you today, sir? I'm great. Now, when you say you're great, do you really mean it, or is there something (laughs) deeper underneath that? Oh, no, no. I mean it, because it's spring break as we're recording this, and my kids are taken care of, my wife's at work, and so I got a day to just kind of hang out and... Join uh, Smalley Marriage Radio. I mean, how how could it not get any better? <laughs> well, th- so let, let me just ask for full disclosure here. What does the great Corey Allen of 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 your own, by the way, significantly more popular podcast than my own, Sexy Marriage Radio? What do, what does uh, Corey do on a day like this? Well, being that it is. Um, Championship week in basketball. There will be basketball on in the All background right. at some point. Um, some um, lunch with a friend, lunch dinner with friends and the wife tonight. So it, it should be it should be a good day. Wow! So your idea of a good I thought there'd be sex involved. So I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> well, you talk um, about it constantly. No, because that would mean there's a lot of solo sex going on. <laughs> Since I'm solo today, and that's not as much fun as as when my wife participates. Well, but but it's a good call. (laughs) Yeah, but tonight you're having dinner. Well, there you go. I mean, probably not at dinner, but afterwards we'll we'll, we'll make a move after. That's that's for sure. It depends what kind of dinner, Corey. That's true. That if you're at a Red Lobster, anything can happen. (laughs) True that. (laughs) So okay, so I was perusing your podcast the other day and as we discovered i sort of texted you because we've known each other how long have we known like three four 20 years um it's probably more like seven eight seven that's crazy and you still are willing to talk with me absolutely that's amazing and uh you've been on the podcast previously yeah as well which i just learned Yep, and Michael's been on Sexy Marriage Radio. I have, but oddly yep. enough, you never called me back for like a second interview. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's a different that's a different conversation for another time. I, <laughs> right. Not appropriate for my right, own show. Yeah. Right. Maybe not, not not for your show. I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> well, all right. So I know I had sort of when we talked before we started recording here that I had I had kind of reached out to you on on some trust issues episode, but then I found this morning this really interesting show that you did on how these high desire sexual like how these high desire spouses of of sex so they're desiring right. sex how many times they sabotage their really ability to even meet that high desire uh so just to jump into this thing what sure. are sort what are some of the main things that if you have a high desire for sex what are some things those folks do that really sabotage that need being met well, well, probably the biggest, the one I see the most or experience I have is just the idea of uh, you don't handle rejection well, which uh, if hmm. if you have to look at this as, I mean, uh, it's probably best to back up just a little bit and, and just do some quick definitions of the high desire, low desire concept that there's always going to be one and and the other in, in, a, in a relationship on every topic is my belief um, that somebody's always going to have a higher desire than their than their partner. And so a lot of times a high desire partner, the bulk of the initiation is on their shoulders um, just because that's the nature of the relationship and the dynamic between them. And one of the things that happens a lot of times is the high desire partner, when they make their their initiation or their comment or their question about are we going to have sex tonight, if the answer is a negative in any way, shape or form and they pout, they get angry, um, they – get really, really disappointed and make sure that their partner knows they're disappointed. You know, all that stuff sets the stage for, you know, wow, there's a whole lot of pressure put on, on this aspect of our relationship. And so you just up the dynamic and the pressure between each of them, rather than if you can see it as a long game in a sense of, okay, so maybe, maybe this initiation won't be successful, but that doesn't mean the next one won't be. And so, how do I make sure that it's the best in me leading this charge rather than how much pressure I may be putting on it so that way if I get rejected, I crumble. And then my low-desire partner is faced with having to either give me sex and support and prop me up or crush my spirit completely. And that's, that, that's kind of an extreme dynamic, but how often does it really happen? Yeah, I think it happens a lot. And what do you think about, because what I find with couples is when you have these high desire, low desire person, that when they're not being healthy and when they're being dysfunctional, that they even tend to push each other to even greater extremes where that high desire is like a maniac and the low desire is like dead. You know, they don't have any desire. Why, Why does that happen? Well, I, th- I think a lot of it could come down to you got to start looking at what's the, what is the sex that you're having and is the sex you're having even worth wanting? Because a lot of times the high desire partner, the sex they're really wanting is just release. It's one-sided. It's not loving and compassionate and giving. It's it's truly just taking. And you know, there's aspects of a marital dynamic that that's going to be a part of it for sure. That it's like, hey, you know what? I'm not totally into it, but for you – I'm willing to be there for you, but if that's the if that's all of it, there's only so much a person's willing to give, right? Mm-hmm. Before they finally reach the threshold of, no, I'm I'm not going to be used in that manner. So what I hear so far is that if if you know for those listening, 
if you're that high desire, and and by the way, Corey, I have to believe it. It feels like that's not just a male issue anymore. No, it's not. I mean, the, what I see in my office and what I've found in the research and the people I read that are in the field, also, it, it you're probably thirty to forty percent where the wife is the high desire partner. Yeah. Well, I can, in full disclosure, what's funny is I have I've never been that kind of high or stereotypical high desire male yeah (laughs) i'm really a female in a man's body but i've never been that crazy high desire but -hmm. what's funny is my wife and i are going on 23 years of marriage she's definitely in our relationship tends to be more the higher desire than i am okay and am i like less of a man now no, because uh, it's it's all. Well, a I really set dynamic. you up for that one. You did, <laughs> you and I could have gone a lot it. of ways, <laughs> right? But you know, for the sake of being on air, we'll, we'll keep <laughs> yeah. it professional. Um, no, well, I mean, I, I think, feel, but I will say, Corey, like, I think why I even say that now on this podcast and even at live events is I feel like men have been so defined as their sure. sexual desire that. There's a lot of shame in the male community that, well, wait a minute, my, I don't have, I'm not like that. I don't want right. sex five times a week. I, I'm great with two to four times a month. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it comes down to. Cause I think each person in the, in the relationship and then the relation, it's it, relationship itself gets to define the dynamic and gets to define the frequency and gets to define the meaning associated with it. So it is. If you want to say there's a little bit of a stigma when it's reversed, like you're describing, and like what you experience, okay, so it's a stigma, but it's all comparative, right? It's all based on that, okay, so my desire is compared to somebody else's, and that, therefore it's either higher or lower. It, we, none of it is right or wrong. It's just different. Man, that is so important, and I really want to highlight this, that what what matters is, is and you and I are both believers in, in Christ and we follow him and try to be a disciple of Christ. And really what people have to understand is it, it, it's not about other people. And it's right. not about averages and stigmas or, you know, whatever. Uh, it's really about how do I honor you and how do you honor me? And our relationship is going to look different than other people's. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's well stated. I mean, one of the- the things that I was thinking this this whole time when you're talking about uh, the the high desire versus low desire and, and what you came to at the end was it being all it, a, a relative thing. So saying say like you know scaled one to ten, ten is like off the charts desire and and one is super low. If if you are a four in desire, um, but your spouse is just a, a one, that's still like you are the high desire. So you have to learn how to uh, communicate that. Even though, like you know, your friend might be a, a ten, their spouse is a seven. Right. Um, like you said, it's it's all the relative and learning how in your relationship to have those commu- uh, communication skills to to talk about it and to uh, pursue your spouse. Right. Yeah. So, I, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. No, I was just because because it, it really does just come down to it's it's all a comparison and it's just different it's not a right or wrong ever it's just okay that's what it so the better thing i can do is understand what is my desire what's the meaning i associated with it what what's the reasons behind it so that way at least what i pursue 
and what I offer up is more true and genuine of who I am. It's not based on a should or something's wrong. You know, that's you bring up a very interesting point because, you know, there's there inevitably there's going to be sort of healthy levels of high desire and healthy levels of low desire. Uh, what if what if your spouse's high desire is driven from a really dysfunctional place? So maybe there's some sexual abuse in their background or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's a, a sexual wound that has gone unhealed. And so their their high desire isn't really who they are naturally, but really the result of, of hurt. Well, I think that's when the, the differences get magnified even more because likely their partner is reading that and knows that this isn't coming from a good part of you. This is coming from a you're using me part of you. Uh. And, and that's where the dynamic of what happens in relationship and specifically in sex, we can't really hide who we are. It's, it's, we, we read each other very, very well in, in that dynamic, in that aspect of our relationship. So that's where I see it as all the whole, the whole belief I've got with marriage is it's really designed to help us grow up and and reveal ourself and who we are and challenge us to be better, challenge us to be more solid and authentic. Well, and, and, and continue defining that because I'd be curious on what, what Corey Allen feels about what, what does that, what does that look like to you to grow up, to become mature? Well, I, I mean, if you put it in a biblical context, I think of it as where God cares about our character and our wisdom rather than our happiness ah. <laughs> and, our, and our good time. Preaching to the choir. Keep going. <laughs> right. So I think of it as it's, it's how am I more um, authentic and deep and wise and la- allow me to be what what leads my life in in my relationship with God if you keep it in that context or even if you don't just what helps me be me because think of all the different times where we come in and we try to assume a personality to fit in rather than why don't I just allow me to be me and and I deal with whatever comes of that and so I think every relationship challenges us to do that. Marriage is just the the biggest one, the the biggest struggle. Because oh. it's real, it's real easy to be me with a drive through attendant. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's yeah. not it's not as easy sometimes with my wife. Well, and I what I often tell people is that it's the person you're most intimate with that you're going to have the biggest issue with. Right. Because you know each other significantly better than yep. that drive through attendant. Yep, and and when they call you on your fakeness, it hurts the more all the more. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> because you, it's like, how dare you say that to me? You're supposed to love me. And then because of that intimacy, you actually you know how to hurt them the most as well yep. if you react negatively. Yep, and then you can just escalate and get into the dance. So, so Corey, what does we, we know that if you're a high desire person and you're not necessarily feeling like your needs are being met. We we've heard so far that obviously if you if you respond or or how you respond to being turned down, frankly, right. uh, so if you become whiny or you complain or you become manipulative, these are ways that we sabotage our spouse even desiring to have sex. So what do we do? What's the healthy way? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to just starting to live a a more genuine, a more um, holy life, if you will, um, seeing, keeping things in perspective of how much emphasis am I putting on sex and the reasons behind it? 
um, how, how much emphasis am I putting on living a whole well-rounded life? Uh, all of that starts to be, you know, how do you, this is something we say on sexy marriage radio is just, how do you, how do you live a life that inspires your partner to, to want to be a part of it rather than requires them to have to be a part of and it. And shockingly, acting like a big crybaby is not the most sexy <laughs> of responses. Never. I mean, unless yeah, that's never. the role play thing I guess you're into. <laughs> I guess. That'd be yeah, a weird never. role play. Yeah. That'd be- I've, I've, yet, I've yet to hear of that being a great way, a great, a great move. <laughs> well, but that's what's funny with me, I think, with people and with clients, you know, that we get through the intensive program is you know, I'm like I I I literally one time looked at a person and said, "I don't even want to be around you." Right. I'm like, "You're the biggest jerk." So right. what are you confused about? Right. Yeah. Like what if you tried to treat her or him differently? Maybe let's look to see how that might turn out. Yeah. And, and well, okay, so what let me ask you this. Why why would someone if they're a high desire, right, and they approach their spouse and they're like, hey, what do you think about tonight? And they get turned down. What's sort of fueling that negative response? Um, as far as from the low desire partner? No, from the high desire. So well, it, because I get like a big part of this, right, is I might have a high desire. If I have a high desire and I get turned down. Well, I get it. I mean, it's not like we're describing a, a sociopath or right. you know schizophrenic. I mean, it's it's not abnormal to respond poorly, right. right? To be hurt or wounded or embarrassed or right. desperate. And so, what what kind of fuels that negative that negative response? Well, I think a lot of it it, com- it comes down to an identity thing of you know if if my identity is wrapped up in my ability to be successful in, in in initiating sex and then having it now all of a sudden when i'm shot down it's a hit it's, that's it's all a i char- have yeah it's a character thing it's not it's rather than seeing it you know what that act was actually the one that was shot down not me i mean mm. i i say jokingly when i get a chance to speak or even on the air at times of you know sometimes my wife's uh, rejections of my initiation is really good judgment on her part because having sex in the aisle at Target's probably not the best idea. <laughs> Although it sounds fun, Corey. Absolutely. I mean, I don't see the reasons why not, other than you know CCTV and some of the other things that might be a, a There's little. There's some probably child endangerment laws involved. Sure, but but it's, it's it's starting to see it as okay. You know what, baby? That's actually good judgment. How about let's wait for later, and and we'll and then maybe we get a yes then. So it's just. I, I, it's really, I think, trying to see it as what is this being revealed about me in this instance of did I put in the work to pursue my partner in good ways? Did I am I a good partner to be with? And you know, if I could see it from a more holistic standpoint, I think I change a little bit of the dynamic to where now I can use the pressure that's between us better because there's always pressure between us when it comes to this aspect of our relationship. So let me let me give you. I'm gonna. I'm going to give you some advice that I typically give, and and I give you full authority and freedom to either bash me or agree or or, or (laughs) switch it up a little bit. I prefer bashing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Seth would. So oftentimes what I will tell someone uh, if, you know, so if if your spouse approaches you, but you're just, you're not in the mood for whatever legitimate reason, right? Right. Mm -hmm. 
right. then it's 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 kind of important, especially I feel if you're married to that high sex drive spouse. It it, it does matter though to give them some hope. To, so in, instead of just saying no, not tonight. Maybe maybe you could say, hey, honey, I'm so sorry tonight. You know, I had the worst day today, but hey, tomorrow or the next day, that would really be good for me. So to sort of give this this kind of, hey, not today, but this is when. How, how do right. you feel about that? No, I think there's there's that, that, that could be very good counsel of if you if you tell people, you know, I'm not interested right now, but maybe I could be wooed into it, you know, or just because you, you want to have the to where the, it can stay in a continual, you know, what dialogue or conversation, mm-hmm. because I mean, I love Esther Pearl's statement of foreplay begins after orgasm because you're setting up the next orgasm. And that's a great way to kind of think of it because if you think about it in marriage, everything you do can be considered foreplay. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. Well, did you, did you watch that Mr. Clean commercial during the Super Bowl? (laughs) Yes. Dude. Brilliant. Yes, it really is. It's totally brilliant. I loved it. I want to play it for everybody. So it's just, it's, but it's seeing it as, Okay, so this is a whole aspect and dynamic of our relationship. How am I making sure I'm playing my part well? And then I put pressure on the low desire partner to play their part well because they're be the, they'll be the ones to get to accept or reject a bulk of the initiations. But it's just making sure, okay, hold on. How do I increase the likelihood that they'll accept more of them? I can't make them accept them all, though. Right. How can I make this as, as attractive an offer as I can? Sort of deal. Right, right. Well, and sometimes how about just be honest about the offer I'm offering? Because I've gotten some pretty good mileage with the statement when my wife and I have just had you know, busy days after busy days and we got kids and we've got different things going on. And I tell her and I come to her and just say, hey, baby. You inter- can I interest you in some moderate to mediocre level sex tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that works. It, it well she, the first time she was like, I'm not sure what to do with that, you know. <laughs> right. But but now it's one of those because think about it. A lot of times the low desire partner, because in my in my marriage I'm the high desire partner. So a lot of times the low desire partner they think of sex as a bigger ordeal that it's okay. I've mm-hmm. got to have a lot of energy. I got to be involved and do a whole lot of different things. And you know we got to swing from chandeliers and you know, do role play and all these kinds of things. And there'll be five or six different acts and an intermission. And, you know, and it's like, no, not all of them are that way. Not all of them could ever be that way. So why not be upfront and just say, you know what? I would love to connect with you in this way. I don't have a lot of energy, but we could have it some tender, loving sex tonight. Are you interested? And if I change it that way, because that's actually what I'm really looking for. Now she knows well, when you put it that way, I got energy for that. Let's go. And you just change the dynamic because you're just more clear about what you're wanting and what you're what you're pursuing. That's really smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Do you have a doctorate? <laughs> Actually, yes, I do. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Well, let me I, I have kind of a final question here for you. Cause I'm totally curious about this. So when I was putting the show notes together, I came up with this question. But what's the best advice you ever got personally about sex and is two parts from who? Oh, my goodness. Um, You're like the sex guy. So. Right. Well, 
I don't know if the, the best thing to personalize that. I've, one thing I've heard that wasn't necessarily to me, it was from some, a colleague that was great advice of don't ever use sex as a weapon. And that was given at a wedding. And that, that's great advice, but although in the wedding you're in a chemically induced high and you don't hear that stuff, you're the bride and groom. <laughs> right. Every, everybody else heard it and they were like, that, that's good That's good thought right there. Um, they probably were like, what'd you just say? You said sex. That's all I heard. So right. um, what, was, what was most beneficial for me? Yeah. What was and, the best sex advice? Yeah. Was um, taking a doctoral level sexuality <laughs> course when I was 32. <laughs> There you go, bragging again about your education. That was probably the best thing that happened to us. That Um, is really, okay, I'm just going to stop you. That is really funny because bar none, the greatest positive impact on my sexual relationship with my wife was a doctoral level sexual intercourse. I was like, I've never talked about these things before. Exactly. So, yeah, so maybe so we should funny. encourage our listeners to go go get your doctorates. <laughs> no, no, no. Just take the online version. <laughs> Corey and I will create one, or at least Corey will. Sure. No, I think I think it's just getting comfortable talking about. It. I mean, that's one of the things I would I've, I've got to assume with your audience. Some of the stuff you get responses back to them from them is thank you for talking about some of these things because we haven't figured out how to or didn't know we could or mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's the stuff I hear from Sexy Marriage Radio listeners a lot. It's just we start conversations with people. And if, when we can start talking about it, we're going to get better at it. And that's one of the biggest things is being raised in the church. The only message I ever heard about this topic was don't do it Yeah. Before you get married, and then when you say "I do," have fun. You know, yeah, the world, get the after it. Fingertips, and it's like I got no clue what I'm doing. You know, right? Uh, my sex education was from porn, and that's actually not accurate. No, it's fictional. What what a what a full grown woman looks like, does, is, feels like all that. You know, I don't. So it's it's realizing that taking some of the courses, doing some of the different things that we do as far as sexy marriage radio and simple marriage and that's that's been the best thing is because it's just opened up healthy dialogue with my wife and I and and it's just I mean the sad thing is I it wasn't until I was 32 yeah. <laughs> that I took that course I mean, so so, but, so put it in like really just terms and both of you you just said really the best thing that was for your for your marriage and sex life in particular was just continuing your personal education and whatever that looks like yeah for it so I mean that's where I would in- encourage our listeners, you know, yeah. to go to uh, you know your website, go to ours. Like we have tons of resources yep. to help you um, further your education, so you can have these healthy conversations with your spouse. And what do you got, Corey? What are you pushing right now? What's your big thing at your website, SimpleMarriage.net? Um, the biggest thing that's been going on is uh, Naked Marriage, which is the book I've published right. last late last year. Um, is that? Uh, with a publisher, self-published. No, I did it myself. All right, um, smart man. I've, yeah, I've I've got enough of a reach, and the publishers I talked to kept wanting me to change things, i.e., mainly uh, title. I um, hate them, and and I'm not going to change the title because it's too perfect of yeah. what I want. That na- marriage is designed to help us get naked, and that's in every metaphorical use of that term. So, it is. <laughs> um, it's so that's that's the biggest thing that's been going. Um, the other thing is uh, Sexy Marriage Radio, just trying to drive traffic. We've got a getaway coming up in June 
with couples coming to Dallas um, to spend four days with Shannon and I and just talking more in depth of what we talk about on the show. Awesome. So it's a, a true getaway with your with your spouse, but also with a bunch of other couples to really go a whole lot uh, deeper ways than we can in a 30-minute podcast. Well, and I can vouch for Dr. Allen and Sexy Marriage Radio that it, it is. It is truly a gift. It's extremely healthy and very frank, and that's where I appreciate that we need more uh, healthy Christian voices being honest about sex and unafraid yeah. to to say, you know, uh, have vocabulary that involves sexuality <laughs> is all right. God made right. it. It's supposed right. to be cool. But you, you're doing a great job. Thank you. So and, here- and just to, to piggyback off of what Seth just said, the biggest thing I've noticed um, of just trying to get couples to talk about sex is the worst time to talk about it is when something's gone wrong. Okay. That you, the best time is over lunch. You know, yeah. just when you're not already charged and emotionally hurt or wounded or disappointed about stuff, because that's when most people think about, well, we talk about it. Yeah, but it's after a bad experience and <laughs> right. neither one of you are in a good place to deal with that. So it's how do you how do you, you know, take a reprieve for a second and come back to it later and just say, you know what, this is what this meant to me. This is how I felt about this. And then maybe that gives you a different path forward. Would it be okay to talk about sex in a uh, you know high altitude hot springs in the Alpines? Well, of course. Would that be inappropriate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to all your listeners that are living in Switzerland, absolutely. Well done. Hey, you should travel there because I guarantee you, if I'm yes. there, you don't want to be there because I will be naked in that hot spring <laughs> with my wife talking well, about sex. Okay. Because Corey I, said I, I could. I'm I'm uh, okay enough to be able to be in that hot tub with you there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, that says something about yourself you probably don't want to know. <laughs> well, let me hey, ask you, you this final question. Yeah, and this is an important one. All right do you do you have a smartphone smart device? Yes. Uh, and 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 have you downloaded our Reignite Your Marriage app yet on said device? Uh, that would be no, I have not. Wow. It's funny how many times I ask this question in interviews and no one has ever downloaded it. So that's hurtful. Okay. It's hurtful, um, well, Corey. You're, you're a big man. You can hey, handle a little bit of hurt, can't listen, you? Listen, <laughs> listen. I am that guy that melts down and becomes pathetic if it doesn't go exactly how I wanted it to. Well, maybe Amy can help you with that tonight. <laughs> it feels like you're not going <laughs> to enable me by downloading it as we're talking. No, no I'm not. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Corey, for coming on. As always, you're an amazing guest, and you're doing amazing work with everything you do with your podcast and your blog and your and your resources. Thank you. This has been fun. All right. No. Thank you. So don't forget, folks, download it on this very podcast episode. We have links to iTunes, Google Play, Windows Phone, Amazon App Store. You can download the Reignite Your Marriage app today. It is totally free, and it really is a helpful tool. Well, Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in only two days. Find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com or call us toll-free at 888-565-6462.
heart skips skipping a beat You're not close enough So that space between you and me Let's lose it The way you're dancing Swaying to the music Girl, that body and how you move it Every time you cross my mind Girl, I lose it Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist Okay I think you know what you're doing to me you got With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.